0: chapter 12 therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endures such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons My son, Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and he scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, We have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it, Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. That's the word of God. My goal and my intention, if the Lord allows me, is to do what verse 12 and 13 tells us. To strengthen the hands which hang down. And the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. So brethren, let's go to chapter 12 verse 1 and let's start from there. And I want to address with you a few things, but let's read that verse, that verse first. Therefore, as the author is following the argument that he brought in chapter 12, when he brought those who lived by faith, as they were witness of the power of God and they lived their lives by faith as pilgrims in this world. And going through afflictions and sufferings, proclaiming that they belong to another place, to a heavenly country in which they are walking to. Therefore, we also, and the author is bringing the attention that this word is for you, brother and sister in in Christ. It's for all of us who have been saved by the grace of God. Therefore, we also, and he goes on, since we are surrounded, so we have around us, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. As I said, those who live their lives by faith. And they were witnesses, not of their own strength, of their own power, but they were witnesses of the power of God in them. Because they were sinners saved by the grace of God. And by their living by faith and the works that were being done because of the faith that was given them. They were proclaiming and being witnesses of the one who is mighty and who is powerful to save So there were witnesses that the pillar of fire and the cloud in the desert with the Hebrews were witnesses of the power and the presence of God with them in the desert as well. Also, those who live by faith, they are witness of the power of God into this world. The power of the one who changes hearts and to make those whom love sin hated. And those who hated God love him now. And they are witness because they don't live for the cares of this world, but they live for the one who saved them and gave himself for them. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we are called to walk in the same way. Paul will tell us, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And as we see the examples of those who lived by faith, those who are written in the scriptures, and even those around us who have gone to be with the Lord already, as we see their example in following Christ. Let's do the same so that we may be witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ in whatever place we are, at work, at church, in whatever place in society, so that we may be a witness of the power of God in our lives, so that they may see the good works in us. And that they may glorify our heavenly Father because it comes from him and not from us. Since we are surrounded by so a, a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Let's put out every weight and everything that stops us, that hinders us in that race. And let's redeem the time because the time is near that the Lord Jesus Christ will come and take his church. Let's redeem the time and give our attention to those things that bring edification to ourselves and to the brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. Those things that bring glory to God as we run this race. So let us lay aside every weight that stops us and the sin that so easily snares us, clings to us, even the sin of unbelief, because everything that is done without faith is a sin before God. And as we go through this time that we are going through as a church, let's do that in faith, trusting the one who is working amongst us and who is doing all things for his glory and for our profit and for our good. Let us lay aside the sin because in this race that we are running individually and as a church, we have enemies around us. It's not an easy race. We have the sin that so easily ensnares us and try to cling to us, taking our eyes away from the Lord Jesus Christ. To the point that some who have been taken by sin, they forget that they have been cleansed from their sins. So let may the Lord have mercy upon us as we think about these things so that we may not trample upon the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But that we may redeem the time and do what is pleasing in his sight individually and as a church as well. We have other enemies, the devil as well, that walks about as a roaring lion trying to to take us down in that race and trying to deceive us as we walk that race. And in the season that we are going through as a church, let's be aware of his devices as well. In cause and division. So let's be aware of those things. So that we may walk in unity. In faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that we may walk with a clear mind. And with a clear heart. And a good conscience before the Lord. Because we have enemies around us. Not just sin and the devil. But the cares of this world. That will come to choke the word that is planted in our heart. That will come to suppress the faith that the Lord has given us. So let us run this race. Laying aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance. And the author of Hebrews, when he says endurance, he's pointed to the length of this race. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a marathon because it takes a lot to change what is in here. You know in your heart, you know who you are, who you were before Christ. Who you are, who you ought to be. And there's a lot to be changed. And that race should be ran with endurance. It's an off-road race with valleys and mountains and caves. It's not an easy path, but we have someone who ran that race before us. And not just who ran that race before us, but is with us as we run this race. I will not leave you nor forsake you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ will tell us. And the author will tell Let us to run the race with endurance. And that race is set before us. It's prepared for us. And it was set by God himself. He brought us to that place. He granted you faith. You are saved by grace through faith. He granted you that gift of faith. So that you may see the Lord Jesus Christ with the eyes of faith and rejoice in him. He granted that to you. And that race was prepared by God. It's the race and it's the race of faith. And as we run this race that is prepared for God, that is prepared by God for us, let's run that looking unto Jesus with our eyes set on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because there is no other way to run that race. We are lambs, The, Alpha, the Isaiah will tell us and bring the idea of God as a good shepherd. And we as lambs, we, we need God to carry us in his bosom. Because we are weak. And we need the strength of the Lord to run that race. And we even need the Lord himself to carry us throughout the path that we are going through. And the only way that we can do that is to look into the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just to look to him, but to consider him as we see later on. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one who started that race of faith for you. He's the one who made you start and who brought you into his kingdom. He took you out of the kingdom of darkness and put you out into his kingdom. And now you're running the race of faith. And we are running the race of faith as a church as well and individually. And, and, And as I'm speaking, let's think it, take it deep in your heart because, brother and sister, you know what you go through and the trials and difficulties, the chastening of the Lord in your own life. And as we think that, let's, think, let's take those things to our hearts and think about those things as well. As the Lord allows what we are going through as a church. So that it may take comfort in the one who is dealing with us. And let's look unto Jesus. The author, the one who started and who granted you faith. And why should we look to him? Because the scriptures will tell us that he is the forerunner. The author of Hebrews will tell us he is the forerunner. He ran that race before us. He rendered faith in righteousness, in obedience to God, in full obedience the one who knew no sin. He tread that path for us so that we can walk in his footsteps. So that we can walk just behind the Lord Jesus Christ as he guides us through that path, through the trials that we go through. So we need to look to him to know what to do, how to act, how to respond to those things that we are going through. Understanding that he's faithful and he's just as well to forgive us for our sins and everything that we do. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the forerunner who has entered into the present. And we have this hope, this assurance in the Lord Jesus Christ, who for the joy that was set before him. So as we look in hope and in faith. Because faith is those things that we, we cannot grasp. We know that it's there, but we cannot grasp. It's the substance of those things. And the object of our faith in the Lord is the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we look to him and as we hold to the things and to the promise of God in the Lord Jesus Christ, which are yes and amen in the Lord Jesus Christ, we run this race with endurance. As the Lord Jesus Christ set his eyes on those things that were uh, before him, as he was about to share his life with many around the world, those whom he came to save. And he was about to live his life and to give his life as a propitiation for our sins. To pay the price that we could never pay. And to rejoice in the salvation of his people. And to rejoice that he will be giving his life to those whom he chose before the foundation of the world. In the rejoicing that the accomplishment of the work that the Father has given him was about to be done. As he was looking forward to the glory of God. And to your benefit, brother and sister, he endured the cross. So let us do the same as we look forward to the promise of God and those things that are written in the scriptures. It is coming a day that the Lord will come and he'll wipe out all the tears of your face. And then we'll understand in a greater way what the Lord has done. How he has done those things for our profit and for our good that at the time of trial we may not understand. But in that day, Lord will make us understand and that will be in a sense a way in which the Lord will wipe out the tears of our face when he goes through everything and let us know how he dealt with us in everything in his faithfulness And that he did that out of love and mercy and grace who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God and he is now interceding for you and for me Even what we are going through right now, the Lord is interceding. The Lord is taking care of his church and of his people. The author of Hebrews will tell in verse 3, consider him. And as we do those things, let's consider the Lord Jesus Christ. Who endures such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls? The only way you can run this race, and the only way you can overcome this, and the only way we as a church can overcome what we are going through, so that we may not be discouraged and faint hearted, is to consider the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has gone through. He has fought against sin to the point of giving his life, but not his sins because he was righteous. But because of your sins and my sins. The one who knew no sin became sin. So that in him we may become the righteousness of God. It pleased God the father to bruise his son. As we think of the chastisement of the Lord upon us. We can take comfort in this. That the discipline of the Lord comes upon us in love. Because the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we were healed. So let's take comfort in that. Let's consider the Lord Jesus Christ who was punished in our place. So that everything that comes before us and to us comes bathed in love and in mercy and in grace. Because the chastisement for our peace was laid upon him. This is a comfort for you and for me, for us brothers and sisters in Christ. But for you who are not in Christ, I cannot bring that comfort to you. If you have not dealt with with your peace with God. And if you die in your sins. The chastisement for your peace will be upon you. And you will not be able to pay it. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who was able to accomplish. And to bear upon himself the full wrath of God. What I will say right now is a comfort for my brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to be aware that it is not a comfort for you. Don't take it as a comfort for you, please. Because first of all, you need to deal with your peace with God. and You need to kiss the son, not as Judah kissed, but as the one who understands that they deserve the wrath of God and that they need the Savior. Consider him who endures such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. Verse 5. And you have forgotten. That's one of our greatest sins forgetfulness. Usually we, we are aware of those things and we don't forget those things that are dear to our hearts, that are in the forefront of our minds and eyes. But you have forget. We have for, forgotten. The exhortation or the, the, the doctrine or the exhortation which speaks to you, brother and sister in Christ, speaks to us as to sons. What a comfort we have in this. that We are now children of God. And the Lord speaks to us as he speaks to sons because we are now in the beloved. We have been adopted into his family. And he deals with us. He says, I do not call you servants anymore, but friends. And much more than that. He calls you brother, a son. And he calls you sister, a daughter. You have been adopted into the family of God. So may the Lord help us, Lord. Help us not to forget the exhortation that is given to us. To know that you are sovereign over all things, Lord. And that you are accomplishing your purpose in the things that you are doing. And as we go through chastening, Lord, and discipline, please. Help us to look to the one who is sovereign and who is doing all things for your glory and for our good. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Do not take it lightly. Do not look into it as someone who do not care. May the Lord help us individually and as a church. Not to overlook the chastening of the Lord. He wants to teach us something. As I said, the psalmist said it was good that I was afflicted, so that I may learn your ways. There is a purpose, Lord, in my affliction. And the purpose is that I may learn your ways, so that I may be guided in the right path. Lord, if if I wander in the path, Lord, help me. But I want to point to you that chastening comes not just because of our sins. We have other examples. Chasten comes so that we may not sin. Because of our sins, when we have sinned, we see that in the life of David. In Psalm 32, the psalmist, David will tell us that when he was silent, his bones grow cold because he, he kept silent before the Lord. And he didn't speak about his sins and he didn't ask for forgiveness. And the, the psalmist will tell us that the hand of the Lord was heavy upon him. He couldn't move was chastened by the Lord because of his sin and until that time in which he came in repentance before God and telling him of his sin and asking for forgiveness the hand of the Lord was heavy upon him that's happened to us you know brother and sister in Christ those times that you've gone through and that you have seen and that you haven't come before the Lord how does that play in your conscience and you did not have rest that you couldn't rest praise be to God And Lord, please do not let us rest in our sins. So the Lord chastens us when we sin. But brothers, the Lord chastens us so that we may not sin as well. Maybe it's not because of sins, but so that we may not sin. Remember Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, that he was telling of the one who went up to the third heaven and he heard things that was unlawful to speak. So that pride would not arise from his heart. Because of the abundance of the revelations that was given to him. A thorn in his flesh was given. So that. So that he may not sin against God. Chasing come when we sin. But also so that we may not sin. Sometimes God gives so much to us. And we have experienced that as, as a church. I'm in the I'm not here for a long time as some of you are. But we have experienced that. And you may know much more than me. We have experienced that as a church. Of how the Lord has blessed us. With the elders that he has given. With the believers that he has given. He has given us so much. And there are times in which the Lord will bring thorns in our flesh. So that pride may not arise in our hearts. So that we may not sin against him. So chastening comes when we sin. But chastening comes so that we may not sin as well. But also brothers and sisters in Christ. You are a trophy of the grace of God. You're a wretched sinner. You know who you were before Christ. And you know that you're still a sinner. But the Lord has saved you. His name is at stake. And as I said, he will do whatever is needed to accomplish his purpose in your life, in my life, and in our life as a church. Because his name is at stake. He will not let his name be mocked by his adversaries. And because you are a trophy of the grace of God, not because you are worthy of anything, because you are not and I am not. But because of his power and his mighty, because of his glory, he saved us and he placed us here as a church. With brothers and sisters in Christ, that because you are a trophy of the grace of God, He will put you at display. So His enemies may see His power. And He is mighty. Remember what happened with Job? Satan was coming before the Lord. What the Lord said? Can you see my servant Job? Upright in heart. Can you see him? God was displaying the trophy of his grace. It's not because of Job, but because of the power of God in Job. Can you see him? That happens as well in chastening. When the Lord displays that. So that we may go through affliction. And that he may build up us more and more. And that his glory may be revealed more and more in the trophies of his grace. In the vessels of his grace. Before his enemies. What God has accomplished. Chastening comes when we sin. Chastening comes that we may not sin. And chastening comes as well as the Lord displays his glory in the vessels of grace. As we have this treasure in earthly vessels. We are but by dust. We are are just dust. And the Lord knows our frame. And yet it pleased him to choose you, brother and sister in Christ. To choose me. Not to choose us only. But to come and dwell in us. And to change our hearts. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. The chastening of the Lord. Let's take comfort in the one who is doing that. He's the Lord. It's God who does that in his righteousness, in his justice, in his mercy. It's not our enemy. It's the one who is for us or who can be against us. He has redeemed us in the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who is dealing with us is God is the chastening of the Lord. And let's stop for a moment and think about it. He's the one who does all things in his wisdom. Everything is mathematically put in place in the right time in the right spot in the right moment for the right purpose with the right intention. Everything is the all-high, so we can take comfort in that, in the wisdom of God as he deals with us. Is the chastening of the Lord, the one who does that in righteousness. We need that. When we sin, we need the discipline of the Lord. We need to be corrected of our ways. We, we need to be put in, 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 the, in the place that we should be. It's the chastening of the Lord and he does that in righteousness. But remember, the one who knew no sin became sin so that in him we may become the righteousness of God. Because Christ dealt with the punishment for your sins. Now the righteousness of God is bathed in his mercy and his grace. So he will give you not what you deserve as a sinner. But he will give you what is needed. So that you may become more like the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the chastening of the Lord. Nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And we see the love of God for his people. He loved his people with an eternal love. He set his love on them before the foundation of the world. As he knew them in the Lord Jesus Christ. That shows the love of God, which is only to His people. God loves His own and His own alone. And he, do. he will deal with them out of love. And He scourges every son whom He receives. The scriptures will tell us that we were accepted in the beloved. God received us into His family. We can take comfort in that. He received us with a great welcome. As you went through the veil with Christ. His flesh that was torn from top to bottom. As you now can come. As we now can come before the throne of grace. And ask for help and, and, and mercy and grace in time of need. And we need him not just now. But always we can come before him wherever we are. And ask the Lord for mercy and grace. And for help in time of need. And Lord help us. We need you individually and as a church as well. As we think of the things that we are going through, Lord, and the chastening that you are bringing upon us, help us to understand and to walk in your ways, Lord. Help us. We are accepted in the beloved. You have received us, Lord, and we can come before you now, your throne of grace, not your throne of judgment, but your throne of grace, and we can ask of you, Lord. And as we come before you, we pray for the elders of this church, what they're going through, Lord, that you may grant them comfort, Lord, and and peace, Lord, that you may help them to overcome this time, giving them strength and helping them to look to the Lord Jesus Christ and us as well, all of us as a church, so that your name may be glorified, Lord. Help us. And it scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, because the scriptures, uh, another, I think other verses or other translations will tell us, it, it is for discipline that you endure. So we need to endure. The, uh, James will tell us that this is the testing of our faith. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Because this is the testing of our faith individually and as a body as well. It's the testing of our faith so that we may do that in patience as we look to the Lord and as we think of our ways and as we try to deal with those things in the way that we should, as the Lord has told us to do so, so that we may walk in His ways when we are being afflicted. Let us endure with patience, not trying to rush through things, but with patience because it is producing us hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God is being poured out in our hearts. By the Spirit of God. If you endure chastening. And we are called to endure that. As I said. is the testing of our faith. As God is dealing with us. As with sons. And as he's refining us. as As a gold in the fire. As he brings those things to us. So that we may be more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's endure in light of that. God deals with you as with son. And as I said, it's the chastening of the Lord. But not just of the Lord. It's the chastening of our Heavenly Father. Let's take comfort with that. He deals with us as with sons. He does that in love. As I said, in wisdom. In righteousness, bathed in mercy and grace. But also in his love. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? You who are a father or a mother, you know. If you have your son with you, if they need discipline, you do that straight away. You will not do that to the sons of others, but you do that to yours. Maybe they are with a group of people and doing things that should not be done. The kids know that. Your, pa- your father and your mother, they will take you guys home. And they will deal with you in the way that should be done. It's the same with us. Whom or whom a father does not chasten. But if you are without chastening. If you do not receive the discipline of the Lord. Of which all have become partakers. And Peter will tell us. When he tells us to resist the devil. In 1 Peter chapter 5. He'll tell us resist the devil. When he'll tell us that. He'll say being aware that the brothers around the world are going through afflictions as well. Brothers and sisters, not just us. Each and every son of God and daughter of God goes through affliction. So that they may be refined. So that they may learn the ways of the Lord. So that they may turn your, their eyes to the Lord Jesus Christ. So that they may run the race with endurance as they consider Christ. There are others as well around the world. As the Lord is dealing with his people. Which all have become Partakers. But if you are without chastening of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. If there is no chastening, we are no sons or daughters of God, but we can take comfort in that. How do we know that we belong to God? The Spirit bears witness with your spirit, with my spirit, that we are now children of God. That we belong to Him. It's the witness of the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God uses these things as bring, to bring more witness and more weight to this. And if you go through chastening. If you go through discipline. Because of sin. Or said that you may not sin. Or because God is displaying the trophy of his grace. Before his enemies. You can take comfort then. It's a, it's a token. And it's a, it's a witness. Of your sonship by the grace of God. That you have been adopted into his family. That's what the author is telling here. If we do not receive the chastening of the Lord, then we are illegitimate and not sons. Other translations are bastards. We do not belong to this family. Furthermore, we have had human fathers. Earthly fathers, our father and mother in the flesh who corrected us. As they dealt with us and we paid them respect, shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of Spirits and leave? And I just want to point you to something. It's not just you being afflicted that shows that you are a son or a daughter of God, it's how you respond to that. The scripture tells us that we respond to our earthly fathers in respect. That's how it should be. In respect. Knowing their position. And knowing that they're dealing with us as it seems best to them. So that we may go in the right path. So we need to do the same with God. Respect. When he does that with us, respect the Lord and try to understand by the grace of God. Why, Lord? What is the reason that you are doing that with me and with us? There's a reason so that I may learn your ways, Lord. So please... Lord, as we go through that, please help us to understand why and to respect, Lord, and to come before you in reverence and in fear before our Heavenly Father who is doing that work in us. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of Spirits and live? To be submissive and to respect our Father and to act accordingly. As I said, your sonship, it's not just because affliction comes come upon you. We see around the world people being afflicted by the things of the world. Their flesh being afflicted and everything. We see that in the book of Revelation. When the Lord afflicted people in Revelation chapter 16. That they came to the point of cursing God. And they did not repent. And they did not glorify God. John will tell us in Revelation chapter 16. So how do we respond As we go through affliction. The response of a daughter and a a son of God is a response of respect and subjection. Being submissive and understanding that it's the Lord doing the work. And responding in faith according to the will of God. Because everything that he brings upon us, it's for life. Look what it says, shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? The commands of the Lord are not burdensome, but they are life for us. And he gives us life. That's the purpose, that we may, may, may grow more abundantly. Because eternal life is this, that we may know God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. And as we know more of Christ, we're filled more with his life. And you are able to endure more. As you look to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The purpose of God is life. For they indeed our earthly parents. For a few days chastened us as seems best to them. Comes back to the wisdom. With their limited wisdom. With their limited resources. With their limited understanding. They did what seems best to them. In dealing with you. And you, Father and Mother, you know that it's the same. You know that you need to come before God and ask for wisdom, to know how to deal with your daughters and sons, how to show Christ to them. You know that you don't have the wisdom that you should have. You know that you don't know all things, so you come to the one who knows all things because you deal with your sons and daughters that it seems best to you look what the author will tell us but God he he deals with us for our profit for our good other translations will say that's why the apostle Paul can take confidence in this knowing that all things work together for good the good of those who love God who are called according to his purpose And he does that for our profit, so that we may grow. And the author will tell us that we may be partakers of his holiness. So that we may be holy as he is holy. That's why that's the purpose of God. It's not out of of the blue that the Lord comes and chastens his people. He has a purpose in that. He has a purpose in the chastening with you. It's for your profit. It's for your good. There's a reason for that. It's that so that you may become partakers of his holiness, so that we may grow more and more in the likeness and image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the presence, for the present. We know it's 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 not a good thing in the flesh when we go through those things. The suffering that we go through and the agony. The Lord puts us in that place, and if we sin, the Lord will bring His heavy hand upon us so that we may come in repentance. Because it's when we are in wits' end, Psalm 107. When we are in wits' end, we cry out to the Lord. And that's when He delivered us from all our afflictions. So, may the Lord help us. It's not joyful. It's not pleasant as we go through because of the circumstances that the situation brings. It's not comfortable for us. We as a church, we use it to do things in a certain way, and now for a season, we're having to do things in a different way. It's, it's not pleasant to the flesh, and it's hard. It's not joyful to the flesh, but. May the Lord help us to take comfort and to come before him to guide us through this season because he's at work. It's when we are weak that's when we are strong because his power is made perfect in our weakness. Maybe this situation is just revealing our weaknesses. Just revealing and putting forth our weaknesses. So that we may deal with that individually, but also as we deal with that individually before the Lord and the Lord us with that, this will be of benefit for the whole body. It's not joyful. Our weaknesses are brought forth. Those things that are hidden in our hearts are brought forth. Those things that are hidden in our minds are brought forth. Much more in this situation. But let's take comfort in the Lord. There's a reason for that. It's for our prophet. And so that we may partake of his holiness. No chastening seems to be joyful for the present. But painful nevertheless. Nevertheless. Afterward. It's for a season. There's a time. There's an end for those things that we are going through. There's a time to rejoice and to laugh and to smile. But there's a time as well to cry and to be sorrowful. And to. And there's a purpose in each and every time. And we take comfort with each and every word of the scriptures afterward. It's a season. It's a time. It will come to an end. It's not forever. But painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. As we go through that, as the Lord is pouring the water and the rain of his chastening and discipline upon us, we as trees or leaves better in the Lord Jesus Christ afterward. Afterwards we to bear fruits of righteousness. If we do as we should. Individually and as a church, and may the Lord help us to do that. Afterward, the fruits will be of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. We are called to suffer. That's the call of the Christian, and that's the whole of Christian life. We are called to follow in the steps of Christ. He suffered because of our sins. And we walk this race. And we run this race better. In suffering. In pain. Because we are becoming. What we were not before. Before Christ. We are the opposite of God. We are the opposite of Christ. We are run, running. In the other direction. Now we are becoming. Like the one whom we were not. We were unrighteous and the lord is building us in righteousness in christ we were unmerciful when the lord is building us in mercy in christ we did not act in grace but the lord is building us in grace in christ that's why we are new creatures it's a whole change of life and we have to be trained by it by affliction it's painful the process Of becoming more like Christ. It's not an easy thing for the flesh. It is painful. It is, you know, the things that you have gone through, brothers and sisters in Christ. And it can come to your mind right now if you want to bring it, things that you have gone through as a Christian, as as a brother and sister in Christ, as a believer, the sorrows and the pain that you go through right now. It's not easy. The times that you want to act in anger. But you are called to act in mercy. The time that you want to respond in wrath. But you have to respond with grace. You are being trained by it. As I said you are becoming like the one whom you were not. The Lord turned your face to look to Christ. Christ. It's when someone turns to the Lord that the veil is taken. And he did that when he started the race in your life. He took the veil. He turned your face to the Lord Jesus Christ. He took the veil away in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you who are running away from Christ, you're running the direction of Christ. And it's painful. And at the same time, it is a joy. Remember the response of the Apostle Paul? A thorn in the flesh was given me. Because of the abundance of the revelation. He prayed to God three times. Lord please take this away from me. It's too much Lord. What was the response of God? My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. So Paul rejoiced. Is that the case? When I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. So if that's the case, I will take pleasure in my trials, in my infirmities, in the things that I go through for Christ's sake. Because of the purpose in which God is doing that. It's so that I may learn his way, so that I may learn more of Christ, so that I may rely in God more and more and not in the strength of my arms. So that I may rely on the one does not just bring the chastening upon us but help us to endure through that, brother, sister. We are not alone in this, the Lord is with us. We can take comfort in that, He deals with us, but He's the one who gives strength and wisdom to His people. If that was not the case, we would be in despair, there would be no other way. That's not the case. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I will not leave leave you nor forsake you. Do you believe that? Do we believe that? Even though what we are going through as a church and individually, the things that you go through, the trials that you are going through, know this brother and sister in Christ. That's for you. That's for me. You are not alone. The Lord is bringing chastening. But the Lord is granting strength. As he makes you see your weakness. And as he he makes you rely on him. You are being trained by it. Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down. And the feeble knees. And make straight paths for your feet. So that what is lame may not be dislocated. But rather be healed. May the Lord help us to take the steps we need to take individually as a church to bear with one another, to be of one mind, of one heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the truth. So we may deal with that as a church and as a body. May the Lord help us to love one another. May the Lord help us to indeed glorify His name through his season, this season that He's given us. And may the Lord open our eyes to see why he's doing that more and more and make, let us take comfort that the Lord is the one doing that before I finish brothers and sisters in Christ I just want to turn to a few passages if you come with me to Job chapter 42 and I will jump quickly through that Job forty-two, and I just want you to pay attention, verse eleven. Let's pay attention to a few things here. Job forty-two, verse eleven. Then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintance before, came to him and ate food with him in his house, and then counselled him and comforted him. Look what it says. For all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. It's the Lord doing it. And as we do that. May the Lord help us. To do as the brothers and sisters of Job doing. With one another. With him. In whatever situation we go through individually. May the Lord help us to do that. To our brothers and sisters in Christ. To bring comfort. Is the Lord bringing adversity? Is the Lord dealing with us as he deals with his sons and daughters? Because we are now part of the family of God. The adversity is from the Lord, and he's faithful in what he was doing. He's the one that brought that adversity upon Job. Let's go to Psalm 32. Remember, when we sin and the Lord places heavy hand upon us because of our sins. Look what it says. Read from verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. And in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old. Through my groaning all, day lo- all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. Because of my sin my vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you. And my iniquity I have not hid. And I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause everyone who is godly shall pray to you. In a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters. They shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. Look what the psalmist says. You shall surround me. With songs of deliverance. Remember we are in a race. And the Lord is with us. Look what it says in verse 8. I will instruct you. I will teach you. And teach you. What it says? In the way. The Lord is with us. As He tells parents to instruct their kids and their, their children in the way, so that they may not forsake or that they may not get out of the way. We have the example of God Himself. He's the one who instructs us and He's dealing with us. As He deals with some, and He's the one teaching us in the way. And He does that in the way we should you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule. Which have no understanding. Which must be harnessed with bit and brittle. Else they will not come near you. And may the Lord help us. When we learn his ways not to forsake it. Let's go. To Psalm. 73. And I will finish soon. Psalm 73. Psalm of Asaph, remember the psalm that he he started the psalm truly God is good to Israel. And he was he saw the, the, the blessings or the so-called blessings, he saw the the things that the, the wicked were receiving and that they were easy in this world, they were living their lives in abundance. And when he saw himself and the people of God, he saw trouble and he saw affliction. And he comes to the point, look, he says, For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pains in their death, but their strength, verse 4, is firm. Verse 5, they are not in trouble as as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride serves as their necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. And he goes on to say more and more and more. Look what it says in verse 13. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. That was the life of the psalmist. If I had said I would speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to that generation of of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. Not just their end. But he understood why the Lord is doing that to his people. Surely you set them in slippery places. Verse 18. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation as in a moment. They are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream, when one awakes, so, Lord, when you awake, you shall despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. nevertheless. I am continually with you. You are the one who holds me by my right hand. I'm about to sleep now, Lord. we I'm about to, to go away, you are the one holding me. That's the scripture to tell us. He's the one who can keep us, who is able to keep us from stumbling. You will guide me with your counsel. You will give me the wisdom that I need, Lord, to overcome this time and afterward receive me to glory. Now is time of affliction. We'll have a time of glory in which I'll see Christ as he is and I'll become like him. Until that time, Lord, you will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. And as we think about those things, brothers and sisters, it is good verse 28. It's good for me to draw near to God. May the Lord help us to draw near to Him. It's good for us. Remember that Azaf understood when he came into the temple, and that's when he understood, when he came into the presence of God. It is good for us to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. I think it's Isaiah that will tell us, I don't know, will not quote perfectly, but a little bit in this way that blessed is the man who walks in darkness and sees no light, yet he trusts in the name of the Lord. So, as you go through times of affliction in your life and darkness, may the Lord help us to trust in his name. That he is at work. And may the Lord help us to learn his ways in time of affliction. Let's pray.